Hello there and welcome to our third study here on the subject called the Gospel. On today is the 13th of September 2011 and we're using the material used by um, David Cloud of Way of Life Ministries. So this third um, um, topic is the Gospel this week and our main verse that we are to concentrate on is um, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 to 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 to 8 and it reads this. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures and that he was seen of Cephas, and of the tw then of the twelve. And after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he has seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all, he was seen by me also, as one born out of due time. The introduction to this um, topic is that the, the gospel, in a nutshell, nowhere else in, in the scripture is the gospel summarized in this brief manner. And this is therefore a most important passage here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But we need to know the right gospel because it is the way of salvation as we read here in verse 2 by which also ye are saved if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you unless ye have believed in vain. And secondly we need to hold to the right gospel because Paul warned that every false gospel is cursed of God. And we read this in Galatians. Read this in Galatians chapter 1. Galatians chapter 1. 
you can hear my son Roderick here in the background. Galatians chapter 1. Yes. Um, Galatians chapter 1 verses 6 and 9. Um, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is no other, but there are some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As he said, as we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. This is a, even a scary verse for even us today, even in my town in Helensburg. Many churches um, preach a false gospel and many are sending people, um, directing them into hell and on their path to hell. And this is imperative that um, we pray and seek the Lord that he will help us um, plant a church here in our town in Helensburg and to to share and teach the true gospel. So we need to know what the, the right gospel is because Jesus, he commanded us to preach the gospel to every creature. And we read this in Mark, in Mark um, chapter, chapter 16, verse 15. And he said, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. Now, Paul addressed this presentation of the gospel to believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. And this teaches us that new believers need to learn the gospel properly, so that they can be grounded in the truths personally, and preach it to others. This also teaches us that older believers need to learn the gospel better and better. And we will never, ever stop learning about the gospel. And there are important um, questions answered about the gospel. Because every foundational truth about the gospel is covered in this important passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So, what is the gospel? There are three major parts to the, the gospel of Christ. As we go back into 1 Corinthians chapter 15, again in verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according according to the scripture. Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. Notice, notice, who died? It was Christ. 
Jesus as the Christ promised in the Old Testament. The name Christ in the Greek, Greek word means anointed one. And in the, the Hebrew word Messiah means the same thing. And you can read that in a way back in the Psalms. A way back in the Psalms. Psalm 2. Psalm 2. Um, I think Psalm 2 verse 2. Psalm 2 verse 2. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and again and against his anointed and it's really um, really prophetic psalm two even the whole psalm two is prophetic um now i'm again in psalm psalm one hundred and thirty two psalm one hundred and thirty two you don't really have to go to these these Churches, I can find them. My hands are freezing. Are really cold. It's really cold weather here in Scotland. In September, we we're having really bad weather um, from the hurricane that the over in America that they've had, and we are getting the kind of the tail end of it. So, where are we? 132. Psalm 132, verse 17. There. There will I make the horn of David to bud, and I have ordained a lamp of mine anointed. Yeah? And Jesus is the anointed or chosen one. The prophet said that um, the Messiah would come to earth the first time to be cut off or die for man's sins. And this is, we read in an important book in it. We have in scripture the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 9. If you look at Daniel chapter 9, verses 25. And 26. This is important. Um, um, these even from Daniel 29 verses 24 right down to the end is really prophetic in um, the 70 weeks in the per um, that we teach. But we'll concentrate on on verses Daniel 9 verses 25 to 26. Now therefore, and understand that from among four of the commandment to restore and build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times after the threescore and two weeks shall the Messiah be cut off not for himself and the people of the Prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary and the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined and he could and we and he could come again to rule on that throne of david 
and establish the kingdom of God on earth, as we read back in, in Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, and Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. For of the increase of his government and peace there shall be no end upon the throne. Notice why Christ died for our sins. Man is a sinner and has broken God's law. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God as we read in Romans chapter 3 verse 20 verse 3 verse 23 and also the wages of sin is death as we read in a few chapters after in Romans 6 verse 23 but um, Christ paid that price for us in our place salvation is an exchange Christ took our sin and we take his righteousness, as we read in Second Corinthians chapter five, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians chapter five. Verse 21, For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Wow! Wow! Great scripture. So no person can be saved unless he acknowledges that he is a sinner, like the Bible says. Notice again as well that he died according to the scripture. This refers to um, the amazing prophecies that describe his death in great detail. And these were written down hundreds of years ago before Jesus was born. And following are just a, a few of these prophecies from Psalm 22. Now try and post um, like a, a table of different Old Testament scriptures that... Um, um, coincide with the, the New Testament uh, to show you some of the, the prophecies of Jesus. There's quite a lot. But here are some. The scripture prophesies that Jesus would die by crucifixion and we read this in back in the Psalms Psalm 22 Psalm 22 I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. 
it is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried, dried up like a potter, like a potter should, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and now hast brought me into the dust of death. For dogs have compassed me, the assembled, assembly of the wicked have enclosed me, they pierce my hands and my feet. Now, in John chapter 19, let's see this. You know, when trying to do a study at home and record, you always get interrupted by delivery vans and things like that. It can be a nightmare. And this young boy beside me here, Roderick, he's dancing away, jumping about the floor that you probably hear. Um, he's autistic, but it's just a lovely blessing to us. <laughs> and happy. Yes, you're a happy boy. Okay, let's look at this. John. John 19. Where are you, John 19? John 19, verses 16 and 18. John 19, verse 16 to 18. Then delivered he him, therefore, unto them to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. And they crucified him and two others with him on either one side and Jesus in the midst. This is a perfect description of the death by crucifixion. And when the prophet David wrote, wrote it a thousand years before Christ's crucifixion, it was not even yet practiced. It began to be practiced in the days of the Roman Empire, not long before Jesus was born. The, if the punishment that the Jewish leaders used to do themselves was stone people, but um, the crucifixion started to be practiced um, in the days of the Roman Empire, not long before Jesus was born to punish murderers and robbers and the Roman government would nail their hands and feet to a wooden cross to leave them there to die. And back again in in Psalm 22 I should really put my finger here in Psalm 22 because we'll be here for a few moments. Yeah, back in The scripture prophesies that um, the, the soldiers would um, gamble for Jesus' robe at the foot of the cross, as we read here in, in Psalm 22, verse, verse 18. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. The cruel soldiers did this while Jesus was suffering, as we read in in Matthew, the book of Matthew, chapter 27, 
Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama samata. That is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And I am actually on the wrong verse there. It's supposed to be Matthew. Matthew 27, verse 35. I'm way ahead, too far ahead. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet. And they parted my garment among them and upon my vesture did they cast lots. But, and the verse I, I said before in Matthew 27 verse 46, the scripture prophesies the words that Jesus would, that he spoke on the cross, what I said there in, in verse, um, in verse 40, 46, and in the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama samachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, that why hast thou forsaken me? And that's back in, and we should know this in the Psalm 22, verse 1. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And my words of my roaring. So it's quite impressive that, isn't it? Um, and also, the scripture prophesies that Jesus would thirst. Look in here again in Psalm 22, verse 15. My strength is dried up like a potter's shed, a potsherd, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaw, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. And we read this in the New Testament in John 19. In John 19. Sorry about that crackling noise. That's Roderick with a screwdriver right beside me. Hmm. You been a monkey? Eh? Yeah, John 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, that the scripture would be fulfilled, saith, I thirst. Wow. And the scripture prophesies that people would mock him. And we read this again back in, math, in Psalm 22, verses 6, 6 to 8. But... But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of men, and despised of his of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lips, they shake their heads, saying, He trusted the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. 
seeing he delighted he delighted in him and we can see this again in the, the New Testament here in Matthew Matthew 27 Matthew 27 verse 30 Matthew 27 verse 39 And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads. And we also read, just look down, put your finger down to verse 41 and to 43. Likewise also the chief priest mocking him with the scribes and elders said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and he will and we will believe him and he trusted in God and let him deliver him now if he will have him for he said I am the son of God wow it's really quite close even word for word just about isn't it and the scripture prophesies that people would sit round and stare at him and that is again back look back at Psalm twenty two verse seventeen. I may tell all my bones they took and stare upon me and back again in Matthew twenty seven verse thirty six and sitting down they watched him there. Wow, just so amazing how so how close these scriptures are and just really really confirming that Christ came to the serve to be crucified. Now we go on to back into one Corinthians again and go back to one Corinthians chapter fifteen and we'll just look at um Christ was buried in verse four. And that he was buried, and he rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. His burial proved that he really died. He did not merely faint or merely appear to, to die, as some false teachers have claimed. The reason the soldiers did not break Jesus' legs is because that he was already dead as we read in, in John and John 19 John 19 verse 31 John 19 31 yeah 31 to 34 and the Jews therefore because it was the preparation that the bodies would not remain upon the cross on the Sabbath day for that Sabbath day was on the high day, besought Pilate, and their legs might be broken, and that they might be taken away. 
Then came the soldiers, and brake the legs of the first, and of the others which was crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus, and saw that he was dead already, they brake not, not his legs, but one of the soldiers which with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. And we also see, see he was in the grave for three days and three nights in Matthew in Matthew twelve Matthew twelve forty Matthew twelve Matthew twelve Matthew twelve 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 twelve, 12 forty Yeah, I've got this written down as well. For as Jonas was was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And for this reason, we know that it was not possible that Jesus was buried on a Friday, as many churches and many, well, I call pagan churches teach today. We know as born again believers and through our ministry and from what I have studied for years, we know that Jesus rose dead early on the Sunday morning as it's, if you look yourselves or write down and look for yourselves later on in Luke, Luke 24 verse 1. And if he was in the grave for three days and three nights, he died on the Wednesday because of the the different uh, of the of the Sabbaths, two Sabbaths on that week, and with the preparation days and that etc. But um, that's a study that we will do another time, and and we're not um, a church or a ministry that believes that. Um, he died on a Friday and rose on a Sunday. We believe he he was taken to the cross on a Wednesday. Now his burial was fulfilled prophecy. It was according to the scriptures. The Bible prophesies that Jesus would be buried in the tomb of the rich man. If you look back in Isaiah. Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, verse 9, And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. This prophecy was written about 710 years before Jesus was born and was fulfilled when Jesus was taken down off the cross by a wealthy disciple and buried in, the, in that disciple's own tomb. Here in Matthew um, 27, Matthew 27, yeah, it's lit on Matthew 27, um, Matthew 27 verse 
Yeah, verse 57. Yeah, 50, verse, Matthew 27, verses 57 to 60. When the, when the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was, a, was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And then Joseph had taken the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn, hewn out in the rock, and he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulchre and departed. Now, Christ rose again according to the scripture. As we go again back in 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15 verse 4, and he was buried and he rose again the third day according to scripture. His resurrection was prophesied in Psalm 16 verse 10 which this was written thousand years before Christ came. And also the resurrection proved that he is the Son of God, as we read in, if you read in Romans 1 verse 4, Jesus prophesied that he would rise again the third day, as we've read in Matthew 16 verse 21, and if he had not done, done so, he would have been a false prophet and not the son of God that he claimed to be. So, the, so is there evidence that the, the gospel is true? Well, Paul gives two great evidences um, of, the go of the truth of the gospel. As the, the Old Testament prophecies prove that the gospel is true, he died and rose again according to the scriptures, and we've already looked at those. The eyewitness testimonies prove that the, the gospel is true, as we've read in 1 Corinthians um, 5 to 8. And the Bible is not a, a blind faith, it's a faith based on infallible, infallible proofs. Um, in Acts, um, um, one. Acts one verse three. Acts one verse three is to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Biblical faith has substance and evidence. If you look in, in Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. As we look, again, the, 
at these points, um, I think it's, these are, we're nearly there, but it's, these are quite important. The resurrected, resurrected Christ was seen more than 500 people on one occasion in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 6 when Paul wrote this epistle most of these eyewitnesses were still alive and Paul was not writing about things that had happened long ago and also the resurrection dramatically changed the lives of those who saw him whereas before Christ rose disciples were fearful and in hiding from the authorities as you probably know in John chapter 20 verse 19 and after they saw the risen Christ they were bold and were willing to lay down their lives for their faith and the resurrection convinced Jesus own half-brother James in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 7 and compare that Yeah, let's compare this. 1 Corinthians again to our verse 15, verse 6. After that he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some have fallen asleep. And let's compare compare John John 7 verse 5 John 7 for neither did his brethren believe in him you see Comparing John 7 verse 5 where we see that here Jesus, Jesus' brothers did not believe in him before his cru crucifixion. If you read that um, whole chapter in verse 7, that will give you some insight into that. And the, the resurrection convinced Paul and converted him from being a Christ, Christ's bitter enemy, enemy from an earthly perspective. Paul had absolutely nothing to gain by following Christ. <coughs> he was persecuted to the end of his life and lived a nomad nomad existence without family and and property. And the reason for that was willing to suffer these things was that he was convinced that Jesus had risen from the dead, this proven that he was the the son of God, and and again, what does it mean to to believe in vain? Just like what Paul said in one Corinthians, um, in fifteen verse two, by which also ye are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye believed in vain. Paul probably means that there, there are ways to believe 
that do not result in salvation. Consider some some ways of this that can be possible. Um, one can believe in vain by believing the wrong thing. And John, let's look at John. Let's look at John. Yeah, look at John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse... John chapter 2, verse 23, and to the end. Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover, in the feast day, many believed in his name, when they saw the miracles which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them, because he knew all men, and, in, and needed not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. The Jews believed on Jesus and, his wordle, and as a worldly provider, who would feed and protect them instead of believing on Jesus as their Lord and Saviour, as we just look at, again, just concentrate um, closely on this, um, John 6, John 6, verse 14, John 6, verse 14, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth that prophet that would come unto the world. And 15. Then Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king. He departed again into a mountain himself alone. And look further along verse 26. And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, ye seek me not because ye saw the miracles, but because Ye did eat of the loaves and were filled. And now look lastly at verse 66. Verse 66 of this chapter. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Gosh, likewise many today believe on Jesus in the wrong ways. They, become, they come to Jesus and, and, and pray to him. So... He will help them with their with their problems to build their self-esteem and to make them wealthy and heal them and or do some other other thing that other thing that's really kind of for themselves, but other than humbling themselves as sinners and trusting in Him solely as their Savior. You see, people are like that today. You see them in going to church on a Sunday and they just go there because of their own selfish needs and not humbling themselves as sinners and trusting and trusting Him, Christ solely, solely as their Saviour. And let's look at this. One can believe in vain by believing, believing without repentance. Look forward to next chapter, chapter um, 
um, Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 20. Look at this. Chapter 20, verse 21. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God, look at that, repentance towards God, and faith towards our Lord Jesus Christ. Quick, over to chapter 26. 26, and look at this, verse 20. But showed first unto them of Damascus and at Jerusalem and throughout all the coast of Judea and then to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God and do works meet for repentance. Many want to believe in Jesus without surrendering their lives to him. But it is impossible to, to be saved without repentance. We see in, in James, we see in James, We see in James, look at James, 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 where are you? James chapter 2, yeah, James chapter 2, 19, 19 and 20. Thou believest that there is one God, thou dost well, the devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man? That faith without works is dead. That one can believe intellectually, but not surrender, not surrenderingly. So that one's life is unchanged. The, the latter refers to repentance, which is a change of mind that results in a change of life. You see, the devils believe in God but not in a saving sense, you know? They, they know he exists, but they don't submit to him. And many believe in Jesus merely as a sense that they believe he lived 2,000 years ago. And we get this today, even ministers or pastors that are merely just in the pulpit through intellectual um, minds because they they have a big brain but they don't haven't surrendered to Christ and yeah so they they know that he exists but they do not submit to him many believe in Jesus merely as a sense that they believe he lived yeah, 2,000 years ago. So lastly, um, one can believe in vain by believing a false gospel or a false Christ. Back in Second Corinthians, chapter 11, Second Corinthians, chapter 11. My son has been so good today.
Yes, here Itna He's got a peg stuck in the slip. I don't know if it's stuck or no, really. Ouch, it sounds like sore. Right, I'm going to have to get him after this. So let's look at this. Corinthians chapter 11, <laughs> verses 3 and 4. But I fear. What? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 and 4, Roddy. But I fear, least by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through the subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he that cometh preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if ye received another spirit, which ye have not received, or another gospel, which ye have not accepted, ye might well bear with him. Many believe in a different gospel or a different Jesus than which is revealed in scripture. For example, they believed in a gospel of faith plus works, or Jesus plus sacraments, or Jesus that is not Almighty God in the flesh, and we've seen this um, so much even the last few weeks. There with people um, involved in that are preaching a false gospel. There are people going to these meetings, like down in Sheffield, to the David Crowder, um, a, a Christian Gnostic, and that is not um, of Christ. It's not of the Holy Spirit. It's of um, of the devil, severely of the devil. So, this has been a long study, and and I hope you've understood through my accent. But try and copy down these um, verses that um, I've quoted and read them up, and I will post them some questions up at the end of this week, such as um, in what book. And chapter did Paul give the gospel in a nutshell? And we've just done that. What is it? Okay, some 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 sort of tests and um, questions that will help prepare you when you're witnessing um, to people on what the gospel is and why and what are the reasons why we need to know the gospel and such alike. So I do pray that you. Well, have a blessed day, and I just gonna see this young man, Roderick. You wanna say hello? No, he doesn't speak of that. He, he does speak little words, but um, we're praying a miracle for this young boy. He's so lovely. So take care, everyone. Be blessed, and we look forward to um sharing the next topic. I'm not sure what the next topic is, but that will be good. So thank you for listening and thank you for David Cloud's material on this and and We of Life Ministries. So look him up. Read buy his books and and study up more um on the on the three days and three nights um when Christ was buried, um he teaches the same sort of thing as us. So, so be blessed, okay? Take care.